Welcome to week five of Kirsten's Adventures in Research Methods. This week's episode is titled, I Always Thought It Was Pronounced Likert. Let's jump right in with the discussion of a new online platform designed to make managing the production of a yearbook more, well, manageable. If we're trying to measure if the new system is more user-friendly, what research methods should we use? In other words, what kind of questions are we going to need to ask customers to find out if the new system is meeting their needs? So we're going to measure properties or indicants of properties of the construct of usability. So things like user friendliness, ease of use compared to previous system, amount of time per day or week they log on, amount of time they spend per log on, amount of time it saves over the previous method, how effective it is in managing deadlines, evaluating content, etc. And we're going to use an interval scale because in addition to wanting to know scale, we want to know the amount of improvement with a rating scale for our various criteria. This is because we want to know not only if the new dashboard is more effective, we want to know how much more effective the user perceives it to be than the other options. We might use a Likert scale or possibly a bipolar matrix. And then in the Kohl's and Apple Pay rollout research, we see Kohl's trying to track millennials. So we're going to want more information than we can get from a rating scale. I'm thinking we'd go with ranking and possibly some sorting. Um, we'd use a multidimensional scale because we're going to want to learn a lot about what aspects of Kohl's might be perceived as appealing or unappealing. We're going to want to know not just about the merchandise, but the layout, the logo, the locations. We're going to have them rank um, a number of aspects associated with Kohl's. So we'll start off with some paired comparison questions. This could be made very fun and engaging for participants if it were done with some visual cues. And then maybe do some forced ranking. So questions like, when considering aesthetics as part of the part of the in-store shopping experience, rank the following in an order of importance, with one being the most preferred and five being the least. And have choices like the way the store smells, um, the way the store associates are dressed, the thickness of the carpet in the waiting room, the attractiveness of the mannequins, the quality of the hangers. Of course, if we drill down to this level of detail, it's going to take a very long time uh, for respondents to complete the questionnaire. Um, so it might be good to do either a pretest to determine at what point participants are going to get fatigued or do a more general questionnaire and then based on some of those answers, design one that is more specific. When you're asking people to rate things over and over, it requires more brain activity than just yes or no um, or a Likert scale. And according to a study done by SurveyMonkey, and this is a quote, the more questions you ask, the less time your respondents spend on average answering each question, end quote. So we're going to lose information the more questions that we ask. Um, another question that bears considering is, um, do we need to hide the sponsor, Kohl's, during the survey due to millennial perceptions that Kohl's is for older people and that this perception could affect their responses. So it could be that we don't even say we're talking about Kohl's, which obviously would then affect the questions we were asking. Um, question number three is interesting. It concerns a study relating to the use of performance enhancing drugs among college students. So due to the very sensitive nature of the subject, we're going to conduct an online survey. We'll start with the administrative questions and probably not ask for too much participant data. And it's a toss up whether identifying the researcher is going to be helpful for establishing trust or if it's going to be seen as kind of invasive and too much information. The classification questions can be pretty standard 
but we are going to need some screening questions, obviously, and probably some filter questions to make sure that the respondents actually have the life experiences that make them good cases. So let's move on to the target questions. We'll need lots of time spent on establishing rapport, so we'll start with the gentle questions. And I'll mention we might incorporate some visual elements here, too, to make the survey seem softer, um, none too jarring. We have to choose those very carefully so they help to put respondents at ease. And the questions themselves are going to have to be very carefully worded so as not to sound judgy. Um, when giving this study some thought, I was torn between using a scale or a rating, like have you used, how likely are you to use, versus unstructured questions. But I think structured is best. We might have trouble getting people to open up without specific questions. We'd use some branch questions for this topic and probably some really heavy use of skip direction and utilize lots of buffer questions. And I should mention here that a pretest will be critical because we're going to need to determine if the questions we're asking are ones that people will actually answer. And really, the responsibility fulfillment aspect of the survey is key. It's going to take a very skilled researcher and a very um, smooth transition um, for the interviewer. And we want to word the conclusion so it reiterates privacy, um, the value the responses bring to the study, and who they can contact if they have any questions about confidentiality or other issues. So that's it for this week. Um, in contemplating these topics, I utilized information sourced from um, www.questionpro.com forward slash blog forward slash interval scale. Curiosity at work, surveymonkey.com, survey underscore completion times, and research methods by Pamela Schindler, McGraw-Hill Publishing, 2019. Thanks and have a great week.